There was a time in Bloom when uh, Super Bowl Sunday had zero effect on our attendance. I actually think there was a time in Bloom when most people that came didn't know the Super Bowl was happening. <laughs> so I don't know what this says about us, if anything. But we should, we should figure it out. <laughs> Happy Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, this this story is about a party as well. I know there's parties going on, which is an, a great thing. Uh, this this brings people together to, to enjoy each other. And, and this uh, this story in the gospel is about a party. It's about a wedding, actually. And um, it was the first miracle of Christ. It was the first time that the disciples saw Christ do something miraculous, where he changed the nature of this tangible world. He touched it. And it changed into something new entirely, which is what we see Jesus doing throughout his whole ministry. We see him laying hands on the sick and they're healed. We see him uh, change social structures and challenge uh, the politics and the structure of the day. That's what he does. And it starts with wine. It starts with wine. I'm trying to get a response from you. Is that a good thing? Thank you. <laughs> you guys. It's a good thing. Why? Jeez. Uh, uh, you know, the, the interesting thing about this story and the thing that has struck me as I've uh, sat with it and prayed over it is, is something that Josiah said actually in his testimony. Uh, in his, uh, was that a testimony? I don't know. Interview. Uh, he said, I came into this place with all these questions about faith and, and, I, and it helped me in community kind of unravel some things and deconstruct some things and put some things back together and um, as only really the community of God can do. And the thing about this story is that, that in this wedding, at this party, every single attendee was human. Actually, that may not be true in this time. There may have been like goats and stuff like that, but... All the invited guests were human. This is like high-level biblical interp here. So hang with me. All these humans walking around means that they had questions that humans do. And to be human is to ask these questions of our own existence, our own life. Uh, one of them being, are we alone? Are we alone in the universe? Are we alone... Uh, in, in the big sense, if you take the secular view to life, it's that we're here for a moment, and it's a miracle, and it's beautiful, but then we're gone. And there is no one to remember us after those who we live with are gone. Someone asked me uh, recently, how, how many times do you think about your own death? I think they were trying to challenge me to be more existential. Like, you know, how many times a month? And I said, I don't know, like three times a day. And it's just increased with my, this is how I'm wired. I'm not like, it's increased when I've had kids. The, the challenge to see every moment as beautiful. Because we don't know when it's all going to end. And for me, that, that journey to God of trying to convince my mind to believe that something is larger than us. This question for me was like, is there someone, is there some other than 
that holds us, that remembers us. And I started to see in that time of my life these prayers of David and these, these prophecies in the Old Testament, the people of God, remember. Remember your people. Remember the, the, unje- the injustice of the world. Watch from afar. Watch as you have been removed from us, as you're other than us. Hold us as only one outside of us is able to. The question for me in faith has always been, are we held? Is there, is there, is, are, are we seen? Are we remembered? And I think that's not unique to me. It's, it's, it's a human question. And I say all that to say that the same humans that lay awake at night, even in those days... Is there one who sees the injustice? Is there one who sees the oppression that we're in? Is there one who sees us at that moment of our death? Is there one who holds us? Those same questions that those same humans had at night in the places of quiet and solitude in their own lives, those same hearts and those same people are walking around in this wedding. And it strikes me that the God, the creator, the holder, the rememberer incarnate in Christ is walking among them. They probably bumped into him. They encountered him and they didn't know yet what this all was. The incarnate creator, the incarnate Christ, the incarnate Rememberer, lover of humanity, is walking as a human. That's the Christmas story. And the Epiphany story is our journey to realize as humans what Christmas and what the incarnation meant. But he's walking around this party. It really is an incredible picture. It's an incredible moment. Because from then on, like everyone knows who Christ is. Everyone knows who Jesus is as he gains notoriety and he's, you start to see the works of the kingdom flow from him and that draws crowds because people are hungry for that. But at this moment, no one knew. I mean, if I, I was at a party last night and I was thinking about this and if I was there, I probably would have told Jesus this really dumb story or something and uh, you know, made a fool of myself and then walked away like, I'll probably never see him again. And then I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's who I was talking to. But people had these little encounters with them, with Christ. But the first miracle of Christ was largely unnoticed by most people. They didn't see it happen. Only the servants saw it happen. But they tasted it. They literally tasted it. They tasted a change in the wine. When the, the master of the, 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 the party comes up to the, to, the, to the groom and says, most people save the good, but most people, you know, save the bad wine for last. They get people drunk and then they start giving them like Boone's Farm afterwards because then they don't care anymore. But you served the wine first and then you gave them, insert nice wine, I don't drink wine. You, you gave them the, the good wine last. We, ch- we tasted a change. 
Though they didn't see the miracle happen, though they didn't know who Jesus was, nothing was unveiled to them. They tasted it. They experienced it. Because that's what Christ does. He changes the ordered world. He changes molecules and atoms. He changes the makeup of this tangible universe to bring about something more beautiful and more in line with the reality of the kingdom of God than it was before. That's what he does. That's like all he did. And I think that's how Christ is a lot of times for us. He moves among us, yet we're We don't have the eyes to see, we don't have the hearts to see, we don't have the minds to see yet the fullness of what God is doing among us, but we can sense it, we can taste it somewhere in us. I was driving uh, to here this morning and and, uh, the song by Gregory Allen Isaacoff came on, the stable song. I don't know if you're familiar with the song, but it's, it's basically the journey of someone to discover their own heart and to find the the depths of what the human heart is. And I had a little cry in the car. Then I saw Stephen and I felt weird. I was like, I, I just cried. I'd have to tell you that. Like, <laughs> like it's this bad thing. <laughs> you are in the presence of someone who just cried. <laughs> uh, but, uh, because it did something, it, it called out this part of, like, remember when you used to dream and we used to be in touch with things that you're just not in touch with anymore? Because I'm just kind of, life is just kind of kicking my butt. But the song, like it spoke to me, and that's kind of what I'm talking about. That the spirit moves and speaks to us and draws us to the reality of Christ among us in ways that always, that are not always explicit. But it's felt, it's sensed, it's tasted. And in the story, we, feel, we see that like so clearly. There's something different in the wine. This man can now see. This lame person can now walk. This woman is now included into the community. It's what Christ does. It's what the kingdom does. But the servants saw it. And Jesus said, take these take these ceremonial jars and fill them with water and bring them back. The servants saw it. And the disciples saw it. And the disciples kind of go on following Jesus throughout his entire ministry and they really don't ever get much of a clue, much more of a clue to who Christ is or they don't have one more than what they saw that day. They follow. They follow Christ into what he's bringing about on the earth. And Isaiah prophecy says this, In Jerusalem, the Lord of heaven's armies will spread a wonderful feast for all the people of the world. It will be a delicious banquet with clear, well-aged wine and choice meat. There he will remove the cloud of gloom. The shadow of death that hangs over the earth, he will swallow up death forever. The sovereign Lord will wipe away all tears. He will remove forever all insults and mockery against his land and people. The Lord has spoken. And that day the people 
will proclaim, this is our God. We trusted in him and he saved us. This is the Lord in whom we trusted. Let us rejoice in the salvation that he brings. And this prophecy, it starts with a meal. It starts at the table. It starts with well-aged wine and choice meat. That God draws his people to a table. And from there, it goes off into the, dis- the full display of the kingdom. From there, the sick are healed, the lame walk, the blind can see, the oppressed are freed. That's the, that's the flow of this prophecy of one day things will be different, but it starts with wine and with meat at a table, and so does his ministry. It starts in this little gathering of people around a wedding. The simple changing of water to wine, not simple, I mean, we can't do that, unfortunately. But, um, but the simple thing, and from then on, the life of Christ is, is just blown into full brightness and glory as he, we start to see what this prophecy is saying. We start to see the reality of God on the earth. We start to see the salvation of the world. So the question is, how do we be a part of that? How do we not just sense it, but how do we be a part of it? How do we open our eyes and our hearts, our lives, our beings to that? I think the answer is in the story too. You know, Jesus' mom, he gave a simple command to the servants, perhaps the disciples, Do what he tells you. Do what he tells you. And they did. I mean, I'm sure they doubted, like, why are we filling these things up with water? These are the ceremonial, that we're not supposed to use these things. These are for, like, the religious stuff and the religious system. We're not supposed to be tampering with this. I'm sure they had their journey of doubt and and probably honoriness, <laughs> they had to drag these jugs of water around. But they did what Christ said, and then they got made part of the story. They got absorbed into the story of, of the reality of God coming on the earth. And that really is all the disciples did their entire season or life or whatever it was for them of following Christ. They just did what he said. I mean, Jesus gathered them around another table in the Last Supper, and he, and he initiated this table that we still come to today. He said, drink my blood, eat my flesh. I mean, it just went right over their heads probably. They still couldn't grasp who he was. The last time that Jesus has wine, he's hanging on the cross, he's dying, and to mock him, they offer him sour wine when he wanted water. And still those standing around him had no idea the fullness of who he was among them and what he was bringing about in Isaiah, the salvation of all people. I'm saying all that to say that most of the time we're never fully in 
tune or, or have a clue of the fullness of what Christ is doing, but we see signs of it. We see what it's like when Christ comes and rules a people and changes our world. And the requirement to be in that story is not to have it all figured out, is not to, to know every, like not to have a full epiphany of who he is, but how it is for us, we get these little epiphanies along the way and we do what he tells us. We come to him as best as we can and we say, what do you want? I've come to see you, I've come to believe you, but what are you asking of me? Do what he tells you, bloom. I'll just close by saying that in the last, in the last year or so, we've, we've felt this shift in our community. A good shift. And we started asking like, what is it that you want us to do? Like where are our little jugs of water to be moved? Like what, what is the thing that you're asking of us? And, um, and we got away as a staff and we got away as a leadership. But the thing that we keep coming back to is this that we would do what he tells us. That we would build a community here where every single one of us is empowered and encouraged and believe in to follow Christ in whatever he calls us to, to discover Christ in whatever that means for us, to respond to him. It's actually, it's really exciting it's really hopeful because Christ on the earth built a people. He didn't build an institution. He didn't build an organization. He built into people who were so in love with him and so addicted to what he does on the earth and what happens when the human heart comes into contact with him. The healing, the setting free, the justice, the restoring, the honoring of all people that they did what he said. Our prayer over Bloom is that we be a people that, that falls in love with Jesus and we do what he says. And all those around us, the city, the state, we pray that they would see a difference, they would feel a difference in the natural order of things. It would taste something different because some were obedient. They'd be called into a beautiful life in Christ. So bloom. My encouragement to you and I think what the scriptures are calling us to. Open our eyes to Christ among us. Find him. Follow the path that leads to him. And when you do, do what he tells you. It'll lead you to glorious, beautiful things. And that's our epiphany. Amen? Thank you for listening to the Bloom Church Podcast. For more information on who we are and how you can get involved, visit our website at bloom.church.